the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The locusts were the devil's armies that arose to blot out the Bible and the law of God at the Council of Trent. These four angels are special forces for the end. That was Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast is the first portion of a message entitled, Four Angels Loosed, Special Forces for the End. And we hope that you enjoy it. Remember, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with his message today entitled, Four Angels Loosed, Special Forces for the End. So we've been over a lot in the seven trumpets so far. Let's do a little review together before we launch into the sixth trumpet. The first trumpet, as we learned, was hail and fire that fell on the earth, trees and grass. And the earth, we learned, represents Palestine. The trees represent Sabbath keepers. A righteous person keeps all of God's law. The grass is all the people of the generation that Jesus saw when he was alive on earth. And the first trumpet represents the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD when the temple was burned with fire and the trees representing the Jewish Sabbath-keeping people of that generation were cut down by the Roman armies because they had moved from being green wood to dry wood. And Jesus said, if they do this thing when the wood is green, what will they do when it's dry? And it was dry when Titus brought his armies and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. The end of the grass represents the passing of the entire generation that saw Jesus die. And so a new generation comes upon the scene. The second trumpet, as we learn, reveals a mountain burning with fire that sinks into the sea. In the Old Testament, we learn that the kingdom of Babylon was like a, a mountain with fire and the like. Here, Rome is likened into ancient Babylon that sinks into a sea of pagan kingdoms to be absorbed in what would become the Europe of the Middle Ages, the, the Holy Roman Empire. The third trumpet shows a fallen star that corrupts the spiritual waters of God's truth in the church. So it moves from the decline of Rome to the decline of the church, to a fallen star, a fallen church system called Wormwood that represents, of course, the the church of the early Middle Ages that gave us the Bible but got the truths of the Bible all wrong, that rejected the teachings of the Bible. In the fourth trumpet, the sun, the moon, the stars are darkened by a third This represents the dark ages when the knowledge of Bible truth was on the wane because of the apostasy of Wormwood, of the spiritual waters of the Spirit being polluted in the church. And so we see the Orthodox Church Fathers at Constantinople and Rome. They held to authority, but they rejected God's authority and the Word of God. And so we see the decline of faith in the Middle Ages. The call of the eagle in Revelation 8.13 represents the call of the Protestant Reformation. 
which was a wake-up call to all of the Christian church to remember that the church had been given the wings of the great eagle to go into the wilderness where they might feed her, where God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they might feed her for 1,260 days, meaning years. And so the wake-up call of the Reformation was to remember that eagle's wings brought the church into the wilderness to feed upon the Word of God. And so they proclaimed the teaching of sola scriptura, the Bible and the Bible only. The fifth trumpet introduces the era of the Counter-Reformation. When the light of Bible truth was fully rejected, the sun was darkened by the organized church of the latter Middle Ages. When confronted with the teaching of Sola Scriptura, the Bible and the Bible only, the church of the Middle Ages met in this great council, the Council of Trent, and they officially rejected the Bible as authority. And so the sun is fully darkened here, and locusts darkened the sky where eagles fly. And where the angels of God should have been sharing truth for that generation, they couldn't because the sky was darkened. The sun, as we said, represents the law of God and the Bible, and it was fully rejected as authority at the Council of Trent when they placed the authority of the church fathers and the authority of the living witness of the church over the authority of the Bible. The locusts are pictured in the fifth trumpet as a spiritual military army that comes from the abyss that Satan looses after the Reformation to attack the Bible, to obscure the light of God's Word, to darken the air so angel activity will not bring people back to God. And so, sure enough, that's what happened. They tortured the church for five months at the beginning of the Thirty Years' War. The locust symbolically represents, as we learned last week, the Jesuit order of the Society of Jesus that destabilized Europe and brought the Reformation to an end. It was central in the Council of Trent attacking the Word of God, the centrality of Scripture, and the teaching that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. When they were done, Europe moved secular, and the Bible became a useless book that was laughed at on a shelf, whereas before it had been studied, it ended up being discarded by the peoples of Europe. Five months is a prophetic way of saying 150 years from 1617 to 1767 is the span of time the locust, this military order, was released upon the world. It destabilized Europe. It brought the Peace of Augsburg to an end. It brought Christians who were Protestants and Catholics to a state of war. And the year 1767, 150 years later, is known to history as the year the locusts were suppressed. It's been called by historians the great suppression of the Jesuit order when Carlos the Great of Spain had them arrested and sent home to die. The fifth trumpet is all about an evil army that comes out of the bottomless pit, released by Satan to make war on the Bible. Friend, if if you're going to put philosophy or the study of reason or theology above the Bible, you have essentially bought into the error of the locust. In this place in which we gather, there is no authority in our life unless that authority is derived from the Scriptures. Now, I've been in places, I'm going to speak very direct to this uh, at this moment, I've been in places where I've heard people say, well, don't give us so much Bible. Give us this and that and the other thing. Friend, Jesus is coming. We need to have the Bible and the truth of Jesus that is in the Bible. The time for easy spiritual fodder is over. What we need is the testimony of Jesus, the clear word of God that shines as the sun to illumine our hearts and minds. And I have personally made this decision in my own life, that I am not going to water down God's word to be popular at this time of earth's history. I'm not going to take the truth that God has given to us and throw it away so someone might like it who has an advanced degree but knows nothing of the Bible. 
Friend, we are living in the time of the end. It's time that we focus on God's word. We believe that it can be understood. That we listen to the angels that God has loosed that can give us understanding for the time of the end. It's time for the darkness of the sky that was obscured in the Middle Ages to be free again so the light of God's word and angel messages can be heard from God's word in our ears. The fifth trumpet is all about an army that obscured the law of God, that obscured the Bible, that made the sun go dark. It's time for the sun that shines in the face of Jesus to be seen again. The fifth and sixth trumpets, in a way, are opposites. In the fifth trumpet, Satan releases the military order of the locusts from the abyss of the Council of Trent to take the Bible out of Christianity, to put philosophy and reason in its place, to bring the Reformation down, to destroy the teaching of Sola Scriptura and by faith in Christ alone, which were apostolic teachings. In the sixth trumpet, in contrast... Remember in the fifth trumpet, Satan looses the locust. In the sixth trumpet, Jesus releases four angels, his special forces for the end. And they are commissioned by God to reverse the damage of the locust and to repair the world for the second coming of Jesus Christ. In fact, as we move through the book of Revelation, we will not be able to escape the power and force of these four angels because they possess four end-time messages that will bring Jesus Christ back to this world and will prepare the church for the coming of Christ. Now we are in the sixth trumpet. The sixth trumpet is the second woe when these four angels are loosed. With that introduction, let's turn to the sixth trumpet to understand the second woe. Revelation 9, 13, Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels, literally in the Greek, Loose the four angels, who are bound to the great river Euphrates. It just so happens that this verse is a direct allusion to Daniel 12.8. In the oldest Greek manuscript of the book of Daniel, that manuscript reads as this way, when will these words be loosed? Meaning the words of God's angels, bound for the time of the end. And here we have in verse 14 the answer, loose the four angels who are bound to the great river Euphrates. So the four angels were released who had been held ready for the hour, the day, the month, and the year to kill a third of mankind. According to Sharp's rule in the Greek language, it should be read as this. The four angels were released who have been held ready for the hour, which is the day, which is the month, which is the year to kill a third of mankind. The Greek demands that this be a decisive event, a date in human history that reverses the course of the old era and opens up something new. It is a prophetic date that is in mind in verse 15. Now in our study of the seven trumpets, we began at the altar in the outer court where Jesus received much incense for his people in prayer. The altar represents the cross of Christ and the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus laid his life down for us and where he prayed for us. He then moved, the, the scripture is very clear, he was given much incense for the golden altar. So he moves from the outer court, the bronze altar, which symbolizes the cross here on earth, into heaven, into the holy place, to take his prayers, his sacrificial prayers, into the presence of God and to keep on praying for us for the rest of our life to the end of time. Now some people say, well, I don't know if Jesus cares about me. I'm not so sure that heaven is concerned about me. Friend, according to the book of Revelation, Christ prayed for you at the cross. He prayed for me, but he didn't stop praying. Death did not end his prayers. He, he was raised from the dead. He went into the presence of God. 
And guess what he does based on Hebrews 7.25? He always lives to make intercession for us. I mean, there's not a moment of your life If you're struggling for faith, if you're struggling for truth, if you're struggling to overcome a sin, the doctrine that is given to us in the book of Revelation, the book of Hebrews, is that Christ is at the right hand of God praying for you with the power of omnipotent God that has been given to him. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus by God, and Christ uses that authority to pray for you. And maybe you feel you're going to be lost. Maybe you feel that the sins that you have committed are so great that you cannot be reconciled to God. Dear heart, the Christ who prays for you is able to hold you and keep you to the end of the age. And your salvation is not based on how good a repenter you are. Your salvation is based on how good a Savior Jesus is. And if you've been baptized into Jesus Christ, you have a right to stand at the end of time in the judgment day with no fear because Christ, your righteousness, stands in the place of the rotten rags of your failures. This is what's happening in the seven trumpets. Christ has transitioned into heaven to do this for us. And when the seven trumpets begin to sound, it is from the altar of prayer that judgments fall upon the earth for the sake of God's people, not to harm or hurt them, but to help them. From the first trumpet to the fifth trumpet, there is no change in Jesus' position. He's at the four horns of the golden altar in the holy place ministering for God's people. The sixth trumpet, as we have just read, represents the holy place time of the ministry of Jesus. The voice comes from the four horns of the golden altar. When we move to the seventh trumpet, which you'll find in Revelation 11, 14, 15, thereabouts, but verse 19, the key verse, then God's temple in heaven was opened, the ark of his covenant was seen. There is a transition from the sixth trumpet to the seventh trumpet, from the holy place to the most holy place. And when Christ enters the most holy place in the seventh trumpet, he receives his kingdom in a pre-advent judgment. The voice that comes from the four horns of the golden altar must by context be the voice of Jesus. So when Christ is speaking to you and me, it's time to listen. It's time to take the ear of faith and hearken to what he says. Satan loosed the locusts from the abyss in the fifth trumpet to blot out the Bible. Does Jesus have anything to say at the end of time? Or does evil have its force to put philosophy and theology in place of the Bible? What will Jesus do? Christ's response to Satan is the sixth trumpet as he looses the four angels. Here Jesus looses the four angels with a command at the four horns of the golden altar to let them go, these angels that are bound at the great river Euphrates. So in the context, these four angels must be the opposite of the locusts. The locusts were the devil's armies that arose to blot out the Bible and the law of God at the Council of Trent. These four angels are special forces for the end. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. These four angels are special forces for the end to proclaim the Bible, to lift up Jesus, to restore his law, and to bring men and women into a right relationship with Christ before the second coming. 
Revelation 9.14 is clear. Release the four angels who are bound to the great river Euphrates. In the Bible, the river Euphrates is by definition the great river. It was the river that flowed through ancient Babylon and watered its towering gardens. Cyrus the Persian and Darius the Mede dried up the river Euphrates so they could come by stealth at night and go under the bars of bronze and open the gate and take the city in a single night. And according to the Bible, God sent four angels to bring Babylon down to judge those nations that were oppressing God's people at the end of the 70 years of Babylonian captivity so that they could build the sanctuary, they could restore the truth, they could proclaim the Bible again in an era of peace where God's word could go out again. So what happened in the Old Testament is a type of what will happen at the end of the Middle Ages. How God acted in history to rescue his people from captivity becomes a pattern of how he acts at the end of the Middle Ages to rescue the Christian church that has been plunged into the captivity of the Middle Ages. The prophet Zechariah saw these four angels at work in his day. The same four angels that are loosed at the great river Euphrates. Zechariah 1 verse 7. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, son of Edu, the prophet. And Zechariah said, verse 8, I saw in the night, and behold, a man riding upon a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in the glen, and behind him were red, sorrel, and white horses. So how many horses do we have? We have four horses and four men in the context who will ride these four horses. You are looking at the four angels. Now look at the next verse, verse 9. These four men on the four horses are the four angels. As I've said, we've, we've seen the sixth trumpet. Then I said, what are these, my Lord? And that's the question we're asking too. The angels who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. So the man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered, These are they whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. So in the context, God sent the four angels to patrol the earth as heaven's policemen of sorts, or you might say his special forces, to take out those powers that were oppressing God's people so that God's sanctuary could be rebuilt, the people could be restored, they could come out of Babylon, out of captivity, and start all over again with God's blessings. So are the four angels good or bad in this context? They're absolutely good. Have you ever been at night and you were fearful of outcomes and something strange was happening and you saw that blue or red light flashing behind you in your rearview mirror? Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? Now, if you're in trouble, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Boy, we got to teach you to love the law around here, don't we? Uh, isn't that a good thing? Okay. If those who patrol the earth are protecting your community, guarding your house so you can have a good living, what about God's policemen, his four angels that patrol the earth? Are they not good for us? Absolutely. They were sent to judge the city of Babylon to take care of those oppressing nations so the sanctuary could be rebuilt and in the context so that God's people could hear the call to come out of Babylon and to start all over again on a biblical God-centered foundation. That's what's happening. Verse 11, And they answered the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees. We have patrolled the earth, and behold, all the earth remains at rest. And the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou have no mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, against which thou hast had indignation these 70 years? Now the angel of the Lord is not an angel in the Bible. We've talked about that before. The angel of the Lord is the angel of the Lord. And in the context, the angel of the Lord 
Whenever you see the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, it's Jesus. John Calvin, John Wesley, the great reformers recognized this truth. God's eternal son never created. The second person of the triune Godhead, the second person of the Trinity, his designation in the Old Testament is the angel of the Lord. He is the messenger who comes from the Lord that is the Lord, who is verily God. And so Jesus Christ is right here in this verse speaking with his Father God. It is a very special picture in Zechariah. We see God the Son talking to God the Father about his people in captivity. It's a God-to-God talk going on in front of Zechariah and the four angels. And Jesus is calling on the great God of Israel to have mercy on his people who are struggling in captivity. Before Christ ever came to Bethlehem's manger, he was the mighty guardian protector of the Jewish nation that cared enough to pray to God in angel form as the second person of the Trinity for intervention on behalf of God's people. The four angels have been sent by God under the rule of Jesus to end the 70-year captivity and its oppression and to bring a time of peace so the sanctuary can be rebuilt. In the book of Revelation, the voice that commands the sixth angel with the trumpet to release the four angels that comes from the four horns of the golden altar contextually must be the voice of Jesus Christ intervening in history to save his church. For in Christ is the one who appeals to God to end the captivity at the four horns of the golden altar. What about your captivity? What about those chains that hold you down in life? What about the chains of fear, the chains of unforgiveness, the chains of a heart that cannot allow the cross to take control and bring mercy and kindness? What about that kind of captivity? Friend, Christ has released the four angels, not just to prepare the world. He has released the four angels to bring the gospel to our lives and our hearts to prepare us so that our chains will fall off at the end and we will stand in freedom before the living God in the name of Jesus. Zechariah 1.12, the captivity is a 70-year captivity, very clearly outlined as a time prophecy in the Old Testament by the prophet Jeremiah. So what is God's answer to Jesus when Jesus prays for his people in captivity? Look at verse 13. And the Lord answered gracious and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. I mean, when you're praying for God to take away those chains in your life, what does God do? He looks at you and says, well, you better fess up a little more. You better straighten up or I'm going to whack you with a judgment. Is that what he does? This, this text is insightful. The great God, the father, the king of the universe responds to his son with gracious and comforting words for us. What comes to us through Jesus is grace so that we can overcome and leave captivity in our lives. It takes the gospel grace to give us obedience that is not legalism in our life. You'll notice in the context that God talks to the angel and the angel gives the word of God to the prophet. Very clear interaction occurring here. Verse 14, so the angel who talked with me said to me, cry out. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I'm exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion. And I am very angry with the nations there at ease. For a while I was angry, but a little while they furthered the disaster. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I have returned to Jerusalem with compassion. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts. And the measuring line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. When the four angels begin their work, the work of God begins all over again. Did you hear me? 
When the four angels begin their work, the work of God starts all over again. And that's how it works at the end, too. When the four angels are sent out, the oppression and captivity of a time prophecy comes to an end. And the time for rebuilding the ruins begins. And God will start all over and the sanctuary will be restored. When one of the four angels begins to speak to the prophet, it's time to stretch the measuring line out over Jerusalem. The sanctuary is going up. The book of Daniel taught that the Christian church was forced into captivity, just like the Jewish people in Daniel's day. What happened in the 70 years in the Old Testament occurs again in the New Testament. Just as Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem and besieged it, Clovis, king of the Franks, went to the Western Christians in the year 508 and captured them. And then 30 years later, they were set up in a system that was the captivity of the Middle Ages. It began in the spring of 538. The same thing happened in ancient times. Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem, besieged the city, captured Daniel's friends in the summer of 605 B.C. And then he took them to Babylon in the fall, September of 605 B.C. And we have the oppression of the 70 years that begins in the fall of 605 B.C. So what we saw in the Old Testament becomes a pattern of what happens to God's people in the New Testament. In Daniel 11.31, forces from him, meaning that oppressive king of the Middle Ages, shall appear, shall profane the temple, meaning God's church and fortress, the sanctuary fortress in heaven. And they shall take away the continual. The Hebrew does not say burnt offering, the continual. And the evidence suggests it means the Bible. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. He meant the Bible. That will conclude the first portion of our message today that Pastor Mike entitles Four Angels Loosed, Special Forces for the End. Make sure you tune in again next time when we complete this broadcast. And thanks for listening today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. Reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. Reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.